Coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. And streaming around the world. Around the world. You're now tuned in to the Sales Samurai Podcast, the only B2B sales podcast providing unfiltered, unapologetic views and tactics directly from the sales trenches. Here's your host, Sam Capra. Well, welcome to another episode of the Sales Samurai. Thanks for listening. Before we begin, do us a favor, take a moment to subscribe and download. On today's show, we're going to be discussing nine ways to get better as an SDR. And I have an amazing guest for you guys today, Miss Sky Grace, who is an enterprise SDR currently at Irwarm. Sky, how are you? Hi, Sam. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. How are you doing? It is fantastic. You know, it's it's we're recording this uh, late Friday, so at, you know after the business hours, this is cannot be any better than right than a Friday late Friday afternoon. Absolutely, I was excited to be on here today. I love that on the Sales Samurai podcast, you're really focused on that unfiltered and unapologetic views from other sales professionals. So very cool, very excited. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell the audience a little bit. And you've got a unique background. I was doing my due diligence every so often. I actually step up to the plate and do some due diligence. But you've got a little bit of a unique background. I know you've been in the SDR role for about eight, nine months now. But just kind of give the audience a little bit of a background on yourself, Sky. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually officially started in sales back in January of 2021. Previously, I had a business for four years where I offered small businesses, project management, graphic design, and social media services. I also, during that time, was teaching yoga and retreats to corporate companies and SF and just kind of coaching others to become certified yoga teachers. And I was targeting a lot of wellness companies, coaches, yoga, and fitness studios. And uh, when the pandemic hit, I started losing a lot of clients because a lot of these brick-and-mortar businesses were shutting down. And I was kind of also at a point in my career where I couldn't really charge anymore for my services. So it's kind of at a crossroads where it was either create an agency and start outsourcing or join the corporate world and receive a ton of training and a lot more stability. Sales was something that I always took an interest in since I always felt that this was really the foundation of being a successful business owner. So I ended up joining a public company called Appfolio, which is based out of Santa Barbara in California. And then I just kind of fell in love with sales and crushed my goals for that first six months. And as I got to know the industry, I kind of realized, you know, in the world of sales that there's just like so many more amazing companies. And I just really wanted to find a company where the solution I was selling was something that I believed in and was something that I was really passionate about. So I found Orem, uh, joined the startup, and, and that's where I'm at now. That's fantastic. I always love like what really kind of gets your... And I can tell you're obviously passionate about it. It oozes from you. Yeah. What was it about sales that just felt like it was a natural fit. It was the right fit for you. What what was the calling that you kind of heard? Yeah, absolutely. I would say connecting with people and building relationships. I think that in sales, like we're actually solving problems for other people. And that's something that I've always loved doing. Even when I had my little freelance business, I loved creating like value for other people. I loved seeing them have a lot of their problems lifted. And I think also like having really great communication skills. And I think that's where I felt, you know, I really succeeded. So building those personal relationships and providing value to someone else's life and business. That's fantastic. It's been a while, but I remember the daily grind of just kind of with the SDR role. And I want to get into that. I really want to talk about it because I truly believe that is the hardest position 
in the organization, just the requirements, just the constant activity and the levels that you guys have to upkeep. So I want to get into the weeds on it, but I wanted to ask you a question because a common thing I hear from SDRs, I want to see if, if you've seen this, if you felt this, that you know, there's almost a technology overload where like there's just so many things that you guys are given access to that you're trying to manage that it almost becomes, and there's a ton of great technology, Orem being one of them, you know, sales loft, outreach, there's so many of them out there. But is that common? Do you feel like that there can be that tipping point with technology where there's just too much from that standpoint? Yes, I do. I think, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that obviously you want to figure out what tools are most important and most effective. Like, But at the same point, I think the human element sometimes gets missed and we forget about that aspect. Obviously, I'm not a robot and the SDRs that we hire, they're not robots. So learning how to like coach those people as human beings, I think is really important. And having really good SDRs is really important. You can, you know, you can get SDRs, no offense, out of college. And it's like, they're kind of like warm bodies. They're young. They're not sure exactly what they want to do. We've all been there. So that's totally fine. Sure. But yeah, I definitely think that, you know, you need to find out what's most effective. Otherwise it is. We're in information overload, technology overload. So yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. When you talk about college, it's been a little longer for me than, than you, Sky, but I do remember that. So let's jump into it because I actually like some of the content that you've been posting, but I love the thought process around how to get better. Because This is one of those positions that is typically seen, right, wrong, and different, as a stepping stone to a BDR, AEC, whatever that might mean, the next step, the next evolution of your sales career. But you got to produce as an SDR to have a shot at getting there. And so nine ways to get better as an SDR. Let, let's kick this off because I love number one. I still believe to this day, number one is very often overlooked from a lot of sales groups, not just SDRs. But kind of walk us through the list that you have, kind of number one and what that looks like to you. Yeah, I think number one, like you definitely need to understand like your, your industry that you're in and also like the customer's problems. Some companies, you know, will give you a lot of access to the product. I know at my last company, I didn't get a lot of access to the product. But at this company with Orem, I use the product every day. I understand it. I know how it works. And then I think really getting into like who are the personas that you're targeting and what are their problems and just really understanding that and being able to think with that. So I think that would be like the first step, like as an SDR, just really know your industry, know what you're actually selling. Yeah. And then I think like moving, you know, moving forward from that quite a few other things, but like having the right mindset, I think is really important. Something that gets overlooked. I think the best SDRs, like at least when I started, I was really nervous to ask questions. I was scared. I didn't want to look stupid in front of my peers. I wanted, you know, wanted to do well, but you actually have to do that in order to get better. You have to ask the questions. You have to potentially look quote unquote stupid in front of your manager because that's how you're going to get better. So right. Being curious, I think, is really important. Having that mindset of asking questions, wanting to learn, realizing what you can control and what you can't control. Because in sales, sometimes we're doing really well and sometimes you're not. But if you get caught up in those highs and lows, I think it can kind of deter your activity. So knowing that you can always control your activity and just really having like a positive mindset through, through the tough parts of sales is really important. Another thing I think that can get missed is just like follow-up. So like enterprise segment for myself, you know, sometimes there's like 30 prospects that I have to, that I'm contacting. So really 
being diligent in my follow-up. If you want to keep a pipeline doc, like in Google Sheets or something, a report in Salesforce for yourself. But I think having those really thorough follow-ups are really, really important. It also shows that you care because like sometimes somebody isn't ready until, you know, the following quarter or, you know, maybe they don't have a budget, but actually like taking that conversation and following up when that person asks you to, it's really simple, but I've generated so many more opportunities and book meetings for my company because I follow up and I say, I say I'm going to do something and I actually do it. So, right. Because you touched on a lot of different things and they're all fantastic. But one of the things I, there's a lot, I mean, from the, from the report, the doc, keeping that, whether it's a report in Salesforce, how you leverage that, but like the, the first step. And I, and I think this is why it's so vitally missed and it's so important is that the, the misnomer is, let me just hop in here. Let me just kind of scorch the earth and just start dialing for dollars and sending out a bunch of emails. But what I like about the first thing you mentioned was that ICP, like know who you're actually, tar- who do you have the best shot? at actually driving a meeting with, getting a meeting with, and actually converting into a real tangible opportunity for your sales organization. And I found myself even later in my career, it is, I think the biggest challenge for most salespeople is that they just want to jump in. They just want to say, I'll I'll figure it out as I go. And there should be that time that you dedicate to, okay, what is my value prop? Who am I talking to? Who are the personas I need to go after? Who's going to give me the best chance that I don't have to make a million dials I can make 50, 60 and still get the same net results. And I think that's so important. I think that's often missed. So I'm glad you called that out, Sky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. We really focus on personalization. Like if every message we send, our emails, even if I'm messaging somebody through LinkedIn, you know, I think it really creates that relationship. So being able to provide that value, even if it's not then and there, even if it ends up being like later on. Right. Yeah, very, very important. So on that, could you bring up, because this is a conversation I've had many a time and personalization is thrown out so often that I want to make sure we quantify that because I've heard a number of times, you got to personalize, you got to personalize, you got to personalize. But then at the same time, real heavy personalization, true, true, true personalization really can't be scalable, right? So there's different levels of personalization that you can get to. Like, how do you approach personalization? How do you keep it where, hey, I made this for you, Sam. But I can't get into the weeds that I know you like cigars and I know you have you have all these hobbies. Like you just don't know me that well enough and LinkedIn won't give you everything. So how do you kind of temper hyper-personalization with relevance just from an SDR perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I will say, you know, one thing, it does help uh, using Orem. <laughs> I can accomplish so much in an hour than what would normally take me like eight hours to accomplish. So I do have more time there. Right. But also I would say, I create my own templates for myself of different ways to personalize things. So that way it's really just, I can go to the LinkedIn profile or social media account or the company's account. And just, I know exactly what it is that I'm looking for and pulling from. For example, somebody posts a LinkedIn post. So being able to pull from that, having a subject line, I saw your LinkedIn post and mentioning a couple things about it. We have a lot of sales leaders that are voices in their community and share a lot of great content out there that's really important. And I actually follow a lot of people. So I think that's like one way to do it. But having your own templates for yourself and then just being able to pull that information as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's fantastic. So what you're saying is obviously you're kind of owning your own templates and how you structure them that you feel very familiar with. 
So you know exactly where to look for specific nuggets that you can leverage from a personalization standpoint, where it's not taking you a ton of time exactly. to get too far down into the weeds. Okay. That makes sense. Exactly. That's right. And I noticed you mentioned one of the nine was leveraging things like Vidyard as a piece of your sequences from a personalization. Like how I still haven't mastered this whole video thing. I, I still try my darndest, but I don't think I have a clue what I'm doing. Like like what's the best way? What have you found really works from a Vidyard, from a bomb bomb, those other things that are out there? How have you leveraged that from a sequence standpoint and from a communication standpoint? Yeah, great question. So we actually use a company called Sempotion, and they're basically like a deep fake AI company that is able to, you can basically make it very personalized each video by using a prospect's name. And all you have to do is once you're done prospecting, you copy all the first names, you paste it in, and then you actually just say them. And so that copies it to your sequence. So anytime your sequence sends out, you are sending your sequence to a specific ICP but it's also mentioning the person's name. Sometimes we get videos and somebody doesn't have the name personalized because the SDR doesn't have time to do an individual video for each person. (laughs) So that takes a lot of time and isn't always as effective. So the way I do it is I have videos for certain ICPs and then I record their names and then I go ahead and, and send out my sequences. But I would say definitely like the videos have been very successful. They also just recently added a couple of features where I can actually screen share now. So I can I can do a video on the company website, like showing their company or even showing like a little mini demo of Orem itself. And that generates a ton of interest. So you know what I love about that for the simple fact that it's still personalized. It's leveraging video, which is a very well-consumed channel, but it allows you to still be scalable from that standpoint as well. Like I, I love the, the and what, I, what I'm hearing from you and I, with the team you guys have, I, I, I shouldn't be surprised. It, it's really a oil machine. It's really process-driven. There's a ma- method to the madness, but it's really all those things coming together, personalization, video, obviously a savvy SDR that has a very strategic plan of attack coming together so you guys can achieve some of those lofty goals from a quota, from an appointment scheduling standpoint, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our VP of sales development, Terry, he's definitely like, you know, someone that we all look up to very much. He's very focused on making sure that we have all of the tools we need, that we are strategic at scale, and that we're able to really hit our goals this year. We hit our goals last year. So he puts a lot of time and energy into researching. He meets with other vendors to find things that are just going to make us more successful. So yeah, I really like credit that to our leadership team, 100%. That's fantastic. I don't want to gloss over because one of the nine, and you actually brought this up a little earlier, is actually making an appointment both physically and mentally. I'm, I'm going to say take care of yourself, but just to kind of charge and decompress. And mm-hmm. this is a lot. I mean, it, mm-hmm. this is one of those type of things can zap you pretty good. And if you just try to, I guess the new thing out there is grind and just keep grinding, mm-hmm. you're going to grind yourself into a halt. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you find ways to separate that and be mentally sharp and from that standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. You know, we are in the US, so we have a culture that's very like, go, go, go. And that's great. And that's what makes us great. But I will say that, yeah, that does, that can lead to like depression, that can lead to heart attacks, that can lead to so many fatigue, so many different things. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that whatever's going on with you, like is a direct reflection of like the way you produce in the world. We're as an SDR, if you're working in sales, you're talking to people. 
So people are either, they're meeting with you on video, they're talking to you on the phone. It's a very personalized experience. And I think that when you're able to take care of yourself, and it looks different for everybody. Some people wake up in the morning and their form of self-care is some coffee and they pray to God. Other people don't believe in God. And so hitting the waves on a surfboard is their form of self-care, going to the gym, whatever. I think making it like a unique approach for each person, it just, it brings out the best in everything that they're doing. For myself, I think yoga, meditation, exercise, I'm much sharper. And there's, you know, there's science behind this too. Like exercise, it helps you, helps your memory. Meditation, it relaxes your nervous system, which is really important. So adding all those things in, I think the way you deal with people just becomes a lot more effective overall. And it helps from burnout because a lot of people do burnout. And I've, I'm not sure if you've heard this too, but I've heard of people in the sales world having, because it is very competitive. Sometimes people do have, you know, drinking problems or they feel depressed or they have a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So being able to combat that and ground yourself in your own self-care practices is, is super important. And it's just going to help you become that much more successful too, I will say. I 100% agree with you. And, and I can honestly say early in my career, I think that was a different time was eight to five is when you, you sold and that's what you did. Nothing interfered with it. But there were sacrifices that you made. I, I'm happier and I'm, I'm glad that it's, I don't think it's gotten there quite yet, but I think it's getting there that we've evolved to understand that self-care is a vital piece to the puzzle that you have to do as, as an individual to keep your sanity, to be quite candid with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Do you try to regimen it? Because this is an area where I've tried to be better, where I've tried to get more regimen. Like, hey, I, I am going to, every day I'm going to take a quick walk, even if it's 15 minutes, or I'm going to go to the gym at 7 a.m. just to kind of decompress and get all of my day. Do you find that getting into a schedule is as beneficial, more beneficial, or what, what's your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say it's super beneficial. I mean, when I first started sales, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so, my self-care routine kind of fell out the door and I was just, I wanted to, I wanted to succeed. I wanted to prove to my managers that like I deserved to be there and I wanted to really hit my goals. So they did kind of go out the window. And then I realized that anything can be accomplished. And I think calendar blocking is really helpful. I learned that from one of my account executives, Daisy Chung. She talks a lot about uh, calendar blocking and I started implementing that. So I call it like my woo before the do, which is like before I actually go out there and like I'm booking meetings, talking to prospects, trying to generate more pipeline. I schedule time for myself to to exercise, to meditate, to kind of set my intentions for the day, like write a list of things I need to accomplish. And then I just calendar block it. So I'm able to shut it off at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Obviously, there's some days, you know, in a startup environment where that's not possible. But I would say for the most part, if you don't manage your time, it just kind of, you slip through the cracks and you haven't been able to accomplish everything that you intended to. So both being productive and finding that time for your self-care, calendar blocking and creating that for yourself is really important. Yeah, I think that, and I'm glad you brought that up because calendar blocking, I have found a lot of success over the years in doing is owning your time. Like you, you own it, manage up. This is time dedicated to this, this, and this. Uh, so I think that's a good call out. And I think young reps and SDRs and even tenured reps, they lose that. They let their calendar get out of control and it almost owns them versus them owning their calendar. So I think that's a good call out from your side. Talk to me a little bit about 
And I noticed a lot on your content about personal brand. You think that's a big element from an SDR perspective. Talk through that. I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. I like to understand your kind of mindset around that. Yeah, absolutely. I think personal branding is is super important for a couple of reasons. I think that as salespeople, we're generating the pipeline. We're trying to hit, we're essentially like this big machine that's trying to generate growth and revenue, et cetera. And I think when I started as an SDR, I was like, oh, I'm just an SDR. Like I'm an entry-level position and like my job doesn't really matter, but I realized that it does. And that like, we all have a voice and something unique to say. People buy things, I think partially one, you know, it's solving their problems, but also sometimes people buy, it's an emotional thing, I think as well. People buy from people that they trust and they know and they like. So there's lots of different types of, I would say, personal brands that you can have. But I think knowing yourself and what your strengths are and being able to communicate that with content, with like videos, things like that, it gets your audience out there. So like, for example, for me, I really love social media and that's, and I love yoga and I love the ocean. And I try to include that like in things that I'm writing about. Somebody else might be like, let's say like they're a chef or they have a background in art or whatever. So just anyone can have a personal brand. You don't have to be some celebrity to create that for yourself. Like it's really just about humanizing yourself, communicating what matters, and you're going to attract the people that like you and that are interested in you. I don't know if you find this, but sometimes I, when I do book meetings, I find that the people that I connect with a lot, were very similar in a lot of ways. It's interesting as opposed to like someone who has more of a driver personality might connect more with one of my colleagues who has that same type of personality. So we kind of, you know, you start building that community of people and you're putting yourself out there. And as long as you're, you're communicating things that are going to be value, like sharing what you're doing as an SDR, what's working, what's not working, sharing bits of your life that you feel comfortable in sharing. I think it just creates that connection and it just, you start being able to filter people. Sometimes there's opportunities that come up like with you, Sam, like having this opportunity to talk to you or being able to meet for coffee for like a head of sales, which I, I was so honored to meet with that person and just really learn from them and pick their brain. Like, how did you become head of sales? Like, and it leads to other things. So yeah, I think it's really important. I think you need to value yourself as an SDR and know that like what you're doing is, is super important and that you don't have to be like everybody else to share your voice. You can be just like yourself and it's, and you'll track your tribe. I like that piece, but, and I, I will actually give, I think the younger generation, obviously there's a lot more tools, a lot more access to different, you know, TikToks and all those things. But I truly believe that this is an area where you guys have really just kind of separated yourself from the pack. And I say that from a young standpoint, but I've I've seen also people that are a little older that are doing it as well. And it is an important thing. I think you have the nail on the head that you attract what you put out and it humanizes you to your prospect, to colleagues, to your network, if you will, that I am a real person. I'm not just back here blasting out emails and making phone calls. I do like the ocean. I am a yoga instructor. That's what I that's my passion project as well. And it does create that human element, that human connection that I think sales has lost a little bit of. It, it has become all about close, 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 and we've lost a little bit of the human element. I think that's a great way of trying to get back to it from that standpoint as well. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. 100%. I can honestly say many of the people that I've gotten to know over the years really just started from some type of connection on LinkedIn or some type of interaction where it just expanded and moved on. So I think you're on the right track there. 
Talk to me a little bit about when we're talking about this. I also noticed, and I think this ties really close to the personal brand, is really networking, learning, joining groups, finding mentors. That seems to be a big piece for you. And you kind of bubble that to the surface as the top nine things to separate yourself from the pack as an SDR. Walk me through that. Help me understand that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I think first, like as an SDR, you need to know your why, kind of like where you're going. Like what what's your goal? Do you want to go into operations? Do you do you want to be the next VP of sales one day? Really getting clear about what your why is because when you have those days, like on Monday, you come in at 9 a.m. and you're like stressed out or whatever, you need to have something to look at and be like, this is why I'm here. So I think that's really big. But I would say that to add to that, knowing your why, why are you networking with people? Like, what is the reason behind that? For me, it was, or it is that I want to be able to build a personal brand for myself one day. I want to, first, you know, I want to be an account executive. I want to spend a lot of time building and helping grow Orem. And then when I have mastered that role, I can have a personal brand and I can coach other people and and help other people get into the sales world. Because I think, I don't think there's a lot of people that realize like we're out here and we can have an amazing career. You can make a lot of money and you don't have to go to school for seven years. So I think knowing what your why is. So for me, it's, I want to build my personal brand. So when I post things or when I'm communicating to something, I actually keep track of everyone that I talk to. I keep really close tabs on that. If someone comments on my content or likes it, I save that person as a resource. I reach out to them. I say, Hey, I saw you like my post and you left me this comment. Like, you know, and then I have a question to ask them and I build that connection and that repertoire. Also, I would say my why is I want to learn. I want to get better. So I need to meet with account executive, other account executives or VP of sales. I need to know how they got to where they got. So I just like keeping tabs on everyone that I'm interacting with. And I save that, you know, you can create lists if you're using sales insight, or you can use a Google doc if that's easier for you. But I really try to keep tabs on that. And I think that's been super helpful for me. And then I try to create content that's doing well. So I do want to do a lot more of that this year. That's like one of my goals. Right now, I'm just like, I'm interviewing for an AE position. And so I'm really excited about that. And that's kind of where my focus is. But once that piece is over, I want to create more things. And I think a good thing to do is to keep track of what's working, where you get a lot of engagement from. Because ultimately, we're serving other people, like when we're posting things and sharing content, like it's not just for myself for fun. It's like, maybe for other people to learn from and grow from. So keeping track of like, what's working, what's been successful, what have you had the most engagement of? Right. I noticed that like, you know, I think LinkedIn sent like a, an email out like a couple weeks ago or about a month ago about the top trends. And it was like mental health, like people really wanted to learn more about. And it was like one other topic, but okay, just keeping track of that and knowing what's working and yeah, and being able to, to repeat that and to go dive deeper into those subjects. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you find yourself, you know, as you're engaging and building that network and building that tribe, as you put it, do you find yourself starting to identify and lean on certain people? Obviously, you have a better relationship with other people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Do you start to try and coordinate? Hey, can we get a weekly coffee? Even if it's by Zoom, a weekly sync up. You can call it a mentor. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Have you gone? Have you found that yet? Is that something that you're searching for? So is that something you kind of built? Do you find value in those type of things? The whole nine yards. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that I started doing that a little bit. Um, I've kind of fallen off of that because I've gotten really busy, but that's something that my manager, Terry and Kristen really encouraged us to do. Like meet with someone in your ICP that we're helping and have coffee with them and pick their brain. Like what are their problems? What's keeping them up at night? Like what is, what do they need help with? 
being able to like really think with that. So that is something I want to, I want to do more of this year. I do have a few people that, you know, I follow like Ian Koniak. I really like him. I love his take and his honesty in the sales world. And just, I really respect what he's doing. Also how he talks a lot about family being so important, like, and being a high performer, like just very real things. I will say that like, as funny as it sounds with the people in my company, like they're all brilliant. So I, and we have a very much of an, like a, I would say as a culture, an open door policy. I can meet with my VP of sales if I want to, or, you know, I can meet with the CEO if I wanted to. And so having that ability is super helpful to be able to learn from my superiors and not every company. I I don't know if every company offers that, but I feel really grateful to have that. But um, yeah, I would say that that's something I definitely want to start doing more of and just kind of hitting the iceberg there on that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I wish I would have done that a lot sooner in my career. I wish I would have leaned on people and learned faster. I think my progression was obviously stinted because I didn't lean on people. So I think that's a great takeaway. I think you're doing it the right way. You know, there's a lot of communities. If you're like, you have a great organization at Orem that you can turn to. Like communities like Rev Genius and those things are out there. There can be resources, communities that you can lean on. That's not common. So there's just so much accessible to people. There's always a shortage of time. I get that. But prioritizing that is so important. It sounds like that's something you're doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love those communities. And I didn't even know those existed when I first started in the sales world. It took me like up until joining Orem to realize like, oh, they have SJR Nation. There is Rev Genius. Like there's these communities that can make you become better. You can become masterful in what you're doing and it teaches you how to get promoted or how to close sales. Like it's, we're so lucky to have all of that information. Cause I know, isn't sales development kind of like new or like having SDRs a little bit of a newer thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think as a development, I think it was just one of those type of things that was come in. It was one of those type of things that was hired in, but there was really no structure to it initially. I think that's the power of it now is it's become a yeah. career path. It's become a, I don't even see it as a stepping stone career anymore. I really believe that's a full-fledged opportunity for someone. So yeah, I think there has been a lot more cohesiveness around that position. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy to think that like being an SDR can lead to other roles too, not just an AE. Like you can go into marketing or yeah. go become a CS. Like there's just so many opportunities. So talk to me, the one, the last thing you put number nine, and, and this is a common one, but I, I think it's worth calling out. And I think this goes along with being better and improving your skill set. But I think you put, hey, when all else fails, just increase your activity, right? Just increase the output of what you're doing. I think it's pretty much table stakes, but walk me through like, how do you balance that from an SDR? Because to our point around mental health and burnout and all that, Mm -hmm. it's just more like, how do you start to juggle those two things to make sure it's an even keel for you? Yeah. Well, I will say that I think that as an SDR, you need to be disciplined. So disciplined with your time, knowing, you know, you do have only a certain amount of hours in the day, but being very effective there. And that comes down to like, I think like your integrity as an SDR. Sometimes I don't know any of these people. (laughs) Sometimes people are sitting there and they're watching video games or they're like, they're playing video games or they're, you know, listening to, they're not focused and engaged in what they're doing. And so I think that it's really up to you. Activity, working hard. It's one of the things that anyone has control over. You don't have control over other things, but you do have control of what you're doing. And it's kind of just like the laws of the universe. If you work hard at something, you're going to get something back. So I think the way I I go about that is like, obviously like time blocking for myself and and knowing exactly what I want to accomplish, but being effective at it 
like having that discipline of not taking shortcuts. So like if there's something that needs to be filled out in the CRM, I'm not going to just ignore that and like start working on something else because all of those little things matter. Like being very honest in what you're doing, it makes a difference. And I'm writing those detailed notes. So when I do get connected, I'm not like, oh my gosh, who is this person? I know I talked to them, but I can't remember. So it's like, you have to be effective. And in order to do that, you have to do the right thing. And then there's going to be times where reps, there's no, you know, maybe it's the holidays or there's, it's just not a great time or people don't have budget, things like that. But that's when I, I just have a a tremendous amount of faith. Like I just know that I'm doing the right things. I have integrity in, in my work ethic. I'm productive. I'm time blocking. And maybe it's not today that I book a meeting, but maybe it's tomorrow. So it's just, you have to learn to let that go and have trust in yourself. I like, I think what, what I what I kind of took from that, which was fantastic, was is it really all boils down to you're your own you're your own your worst enemy for the most part, right? I mean, what you decide to do with the time, we're, we're all given a certain amount of time, right? No one has more time or more hours in the day than someone else. How you choose to use it is really up to you, and maximizing that time is essential as well. So I love that piece. Yeah, and also I was just going to say, also reaching out to your managers when you need help. So it's like. Sometimes I had a manager who would say, all right, Sky, open up your pipeline doc. Like, what do we have? I'm like, I don't have any, I want to hit my quota. And he's like, all right, let's see what you have. Did you do this? Did you do that? I'm like, oh no, I should have done that. So it's like getting that mentorship, especially when you're new is really important. Asking for help, knowing when to ask, not just sitting there like, oh, I'm not going to hit my quota. What am I going to do? It's like, no, you got to communicate. You got to talk. You got to ask for help. That's what management's there for. They're there to help you and figure out ways to, for you to hit your quota. So that's definitely something I would add. That's good. I think that piece of it is I, I like is that you you got to be proactive. I mean, like management is there, but management is dealing with a lot of different things that they're not going to grab your hand and say, "Hey, I I need to help you." Now, maybe they should, right, wrong, and different, but they're also there for you to go back to them, and say, "Hey, I need your help. Let's put a strategy together." Here's why I'm falling exactly. Short. How can you help me for that? Like those are things that you can own that own destiny from getting what you need from the management team, right, Scott? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about just like, this isn't every day. Like what's been the biggest learning curve? Because I was impressed about your background. Like the yoga, that on its own was pretty impressive because I am the most ill. I could barely bend sideways, much less in different ways. So talk to me about the transition. I know you've, you've been doing it a while, but like, what was the biggest learning curve, the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle, whatever you want to bucket it as kind of stepping into that SDR and really kind of finding your feet? Hmm. I would say it's all, I mean, personally for me, it was learning how to pace myself. It was the most challenging thing. Cause I'm a workhorse. Like I will work <laughs> until the cows come home. Like my family is always like sky, like you need to learn to like have fun and like turn right. off your computer and like go for a hike. I right. love working. So for me, it was learning how to pace myself and realize that I was enough, that what I was doing, it was enough. I think the biggest obstacle was myself. It was knowing that I could do it. Cause as an enterprise rep, I felt a little nervous, like, okay, well, these accounts are bigger. And this person is, has like a 30 year sales career. And they're like, they write their own blogs and they're just like this superstar to me. And I'm like, how am I going to connect to this person? But I think, you know, I realized that we're all humans and, and they are, yes, they are successful and amazing, but at the end of the day, like they need help. And that's what I'm here to do. But yeah, it's my biggest obstacle is myself. 
and being honest with where I was at. I needed to learn the industry. I needed to read books. I needed to ask questions. And it was scary sometimes, like in a meeting of like 20 people. And I'm like, I have a question. Like it just, (laughs) it always is. It doesn't matter how old you get. Like it's still nerve wracking. So yeah, I would say just, I was up against myself. But as soon as I learned how to prioritize things, how to take care of my mental and physical health, how to ask for help, it just, it skyrocketed everything. It just, it really, it made a huge difference. Yeah. I love the fact that you mentioned that, hey, a lot of the stuff that you, is really just table stakes. It is really just yourself. Like you're your biggest, you're your worst enemy and you're, you're your biggest fan as well. But I like the pacing yourself. And I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a great one. Like, Because you do want to get in, you want to kind of just jump in both feet. And I think in the remote environment of today, it's even easier to jump in and just heads down because there is no eight to five, you're in an office and you leave and that's kind of your cutoff point. Like that work-life balance becomes even more and more skewed. So I think that's a good call out from your standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Any change you would make, just kind of for those SDRs or the people that are coming into an SDR, Mm -hmm. hey, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done that faster. Is there anything Mm -hmm. that you look back, you're like, man, I probably shaved, I could have shaved a couple months off. I could have been better here, here, and here if I'd just done this. What are some tips that you would provide other incoming SDRs? Well, I would say, I think every SDR should build the personal brand, number one. I think it's really important. I think that I've been able to book meetings because of that. People have reached out to me just asking questions like, hey, like I'm looking for an SDR or do you have any feedback? Or, hey, I'm looking to get into this role. So I think building a personal brand, you're able to reach a wider audience faster and you're also humanizing yourself to your prospects. They don't think you're just this like robot behind the computer or like they're just this email goes out to everyone, right? So I think that's really important and I hope to see that more. I think that will happen more and more. Another thing would be to to pick up books and just learn everything you can. Don't wait for someone to tell you. If you're in a public company, you're going to get a lot of support. But if you want to become the best, I think you need to go out there and you need to pick a book and you need to read it and you need to really understand the organization. Being at Orem, we're treated, even though I'm an SDR, I'm treated like it's my business too. And and so I have book our Terry and Kristen, they give us books to read and to learn. And so you gotta understand, you know, not just your role, you gotta understand all the other roles. And I think that really helps if you can learn how to work with the CS team or how to offer value to your engineering team. It's not only incredible for the company, but for yourself and like your promotion. Also, building a personal brand helps you get promoted too. How do you show up to your team? Don't show up like in sloppy clothes, like I just woke up out of bed <laughs> and like you're still eating like your your ham and cheese sandwich. Like, right. no, turn on your video, show up. Like that, managers notice that. People notice that. So, yeah. and then I think the third thing would be to really keep tight tabs on everyone you have a meaningful conversation with, like everybody. Like just because Orm isn't right, maybe there's something else that they need help with. Like I have referred people, I've referred prospects, SDRs that are looking for jobs, like friends of mine that want to break into sales, or I've referred them companies that do hire. So what else do they need help with? Maybe they don't have a budget right now, but maybe they need help with something else. So just taking every conversation and making it important. And I know we have a lot of those. And so sometimes that gets kind of thrown out the door and you forget about that person, but don't forget about that person. It will come back to you. I've had this year in January, like so many book meetings for my follow-ups and it's really helped me tremendously to, to follow up with people. That's a great call out. That's a step ahead that, you know, I think more and more people should be doing. And I, 
I wish I would have said that was my idea many moons ago. I had a mentor that once told me, hey, just because you can't help, build a network of other technology that maybe we can't do, but you can take the leads. Hey, let me introduce you to Sky over here. They do a fantastic job as a CR. That's not something we do because now you have an open door. You were an ally. You reciprocated. You, you took their back. You heard them. You didn't try to sell them something you weren't, and you connected them to somebody that was something that they could use. And now when you call them, you always have an open door right back to them because they remember you and what you've done. Yep, absolutely. Yep, that's it. Awesome. So you're talking about a personal brand. How do people learn more about you, learn more about Aura, learn more about your brand, Sky, as it relates to some of the conversations we've been having? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to check out Aurum, we're actually hiring a ton right now. So we have open roles in marketing, sales operations. We're hiring SDRs, account executives. You can go to Aurum.com and that will, you'll be able to look at all the job openings as well as like what we're doing for the B2B sales world. And then as far as like my brand, I'm going to start posting more things on LinkedIn, more videos, more content to help other SDRs. And you can also follow me on my, my Instagram account, which is I am Sky Grace. Awesome. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Sky, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to the Sales Samurai Podcast with your host, Sam Capra. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast and visit salessamurai.io and join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content.